Alright, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the channel. I'm Ron. Today I'm looking a little bit crispier than usual. You know, we got a nice face. My girl Jess. Soldier. You know, down in the comments, let me know. Is it clean? Is it clean? I don't know. Today, we got our tier 3 running back rankings, man. It's gonna be a little bit more dicey, a little bit more controversial than the last two. Let's get all the bullshit aside, man. Let's get straight into it, baby. First up, we got a bit of a controversial one, man. According to Fantasy Pro's .5 PPR ADP, this running back's going in the middle of third rounds as a 15th running back off the board. I have him as my RB10, and I take him somewhere in the middle of the second round, man. That's my guy, CEH. The guy's a stud. When you look at it, he had 55 catches last year in the LSU offense. I know it was high-powered, but he had receivers like Thaddeus Moss, Terrace Marshall, Jamar Chase, um, Justin Jefferson, who just went in the first round. He had all these guys to compete with, and he earned 55 catches out of the backfield in the SEC. That's more than Alvin Kamara had, and he's probably, uh, right after Christian McCaffrey, one of the best receiving backs in the league. When you put that together with his 128.7 burst score in the 89th percentile, he, he kind of profiles as a Mark Ingram with elite burst and insane ca pass-catching ability. Now, everyone's going to want to point at, oh, he was just a product of LSU's high-powered offense. Well, now he's going into another super high-powered offense. Kansas City, obviously, the number one offense in the league. Give me the running back that's going to have Patrick Mahomes this year, man. Just give, give me that running back. As well as having Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid always has studs in his RB1 spot. When you look at it, since 1999... And you pull the the 0.5 PPR points per game from each running back that Andy Reid has had since 1999. The average Andy Reid running back has 17.4 points per game in 0.5 PPR leagues. 17.4 would have been the RB6 in fantasy points per game last year. I don't think CEH is going to be a complete carbon copy of what Kareem Hunt was in Kansas City. But I think it's going to be pretty close. Uh, a lot of guys are scared of Damian Williams. Damian Williams kind of a bum he was undrafted he had under 500 rushing yards last year i think they drafted ceh in the first round to be that guy andy Reid has taken running backs like kareem hunt and lashawn mccoy in in the third round day two pick this is a guy that andy Reid and that whole organization is putting their trust in to be a huge threat coming out of that backfield number 32 overall you don't use a first round pick on a running back and not use him unless he gets hurt. So when you look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's in a crazy offense. He's going to catch a lot of balls. There's going to be a, a bunch of scoring opportunities. And uh, I'm honestly tempted to move him up even higher than he is right now at the RB10 spot. All right, next up we have Josh Jacobs. He's my RB11, and he's going at the 112 in redraft leagues as the eighth running back off the board. He's a, he's a safe option, but not one that I love. You'll see I'm a little bit lower on these next running backs at the end of the tier as opposed to ADP. Uh, I'll take them at value, but none of these guys are guys I'm reaching on or guys that I'm thrilled to have in my in my running back one spot. Look at Josh Jacobs. Probably his biggest pro is that he's an extremely safe option. He's going to lead the Raiders in touches. He was third in rushing yards per game, and he was a safe option all year. He, was, he finished as an RB2 or better in seven of his 13 games. My favorite part of Josh Jacobs is that he's a sneaky bet to lead the league in rushing yards. If, if I was you, I'd make it rain a little bit of cash on that that um, player future to lead the league in rushing. He's going to have around probably 1,300, 1,400 yards and could really shoot for something crazy this year. I know Gruden's going to want to stick the ball in his stomach, but the problem with Gruden 
And I really don't believe in Gruden as some kind of offensive guru with the spider 2 wide banana nonsense. But they're not scoring a lot of touchdowns, and they're not giving him a lot of passes, man. When you look at it, they were bottom 10 in scoring, and as, as much as they drafted around them, there's still a lot of young guys. Year 1 receivers aren't going to go crazy. So I wouldn't expect this offense to take a huge leap forward in 2020. Maybe in 2021 or 2022, we could see something better from the Oakland Raiders. Maybe they get a better quarterback. Who knows? But the biggest problem is that Josh Jacobs only had 20 catches last year. And even when you factor in the games that he missed, he was only on pace for about 24. Now, you can look at DeAndre Washington and see that he's not on the team anymore and think that maybe that opens up some opportunity for Josh Jacobs. But I think that them drafting Lynn Bowden and signing Jalen Rashard to an extension means that Josh Jacobs' passing game role is going to be limited. Not as limited as it was last year, but I would be super surprised if Josh Jacobs top 35 catches next year. So for me, I'll take him as a back-end RB1, but that's about it. Alright man, this next one pains me to say. I hate that Nick Chubb is my RB12. In my opinion, the guy's a top three pure running back in terms of between the tackles running with guys like Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry. He was a first team All-Pro according to Pro Football Focus last year. But the problem is Kareem Hunt. He has a stud in his backfield, and he's going to he's gonna see a, a dip in workload because of it. Right now, Nick Chubb is going at the 201 as the RB9 in fantasy drafts. I wouldn't really touch him unless if he's at the 2-3 the turn, which I don't think he'll be falling to me. I, I, don't, I don't have Nick Chubb on any of my best ball teams right now, and I think he's going to be a guy that I rarely have on my teams. But for good reason, man. If you look at his splits with and without Kareem Hunt, they're extremely concerning, man. Nick Chubb's receptions receptions went from 50 to 22 from 64 targets to 36 and from 322 receiving yards to 234 in that eight game stretch with kareem hunt nick chubb was the rb 21 in 0.5 ppr points per game now you can't project him as the rb 21 due to his skill level and rushing upside his situation can be much improved this year kevin stefanski will give him more touches than he was given last year Kevin Stefanski, as we know, he was the, he was ranked fourth in run-to-pass ratio last year. And the offense is going to improve as a whole, man. We're going to have my boy, hold your nuts, Baker Mayfield, slinging the football in year three. We're going to have OBJ uh, in year two of this offense. And I think it's going to really start to gel, especially because they just added two new offensive tackles in Jack Conklin and Jedrick Willis, man. The offense is going to take a step forward. Nick Chubb will get more carries. And he had he had really bad touchdown luck last year, man. He was, he was top three in goal line carries, and he only I think he only had three touchdowns from inside the five. All right, next up, man, we got Aaron Jones. He's going off the board at the 203 as the RB10 in fantasy leagues right now, but I have him as my RB13. So I'm, I'm lower on him than consensus, just like everybody else. But I can, see, I can see the hype around him. You know, he finished as the RB4 in points per game last year, and he went crazy. But in 2020, we have to project what he's going to do this season without getting too caught up in what he did last year. Last year, he had 19 touchdowns total. Regression's coming for him. There's no way he repeats with 19 touchdowns. That, that number's going to come down to probably somewhere in the, in the 8 to 11 range. You, you can't project him to be a, a touchdown scoring machine again. And with that, we have the Green Bay front office, man. They draft A.J. Dillon in the second round. Now, this is a big 247-pound back, man. A.J. Dillon's going to get some of that goal line work. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see Aaron Jones have less than 200 carries this year, man. Jamal Williams had 107 carries last year. And when you look at it, A.J. Dillon gonna, is going to hover somewhere 
maybe around 102, and we're going to see Aaron Jones come back down, and he might have somewhere in that 180 carries range. And the game scripts won't be as friendly. Last year, they had the number seven best game scripts, and that was largely because they, they outperformed their their schedule and their record. Man. The Green Bay Packers weren't as good as the 13-3 and team that they were last year, and we saw that when they got steamrolled by the 49ers last year, man. They were 13-3 and last year, and their over-under is set for nine this year. So there's not going to be as many games where they're going to have Aaron Rodgers sit back and just hand the ball off to Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, all of their all of their backs in the backfield. And he was he was leaned on because of Devontae Adams' injury. In the four games that Devontae Adams was out, the splits are huge, man. When you look at it, he goes from averaging 15.52 half PPR points to 27. His receptions double. His targets double. He he pretty much turns into the wide receiver one when Devontae Adams is hurt. But if we're if we're expecting Devontae Adams to play a full season, and we're expecting Aaron Jones to get less volume because of the AJ Dillon draft pick, then that's a that's a really scary running back that people are depending on as their RB one man. All right, man. The last running back we got today is Austin Eckler. He's going off the board of the two eleven as the RB twelve in fantasy leagues right now, and he's my RB fourteen. So he's not a guy I, I hate taking in that range. I'm just slightly lower on him than consensus. Now, some guys are super high on him because they saw Melvin Gordon. They saw the four weeks where Melvin Gordon wasn't playing and expect Eckler to play that exact same way. In those weeks, when you look at it, Eckler far surpassed what he was doing with Melvin Gordon in the backfield. He was he was on pace for 100 targets, 1,080 receiving yards. He, he was getting more touchdowns, more carries. And in that span of games, he was the RB2 behind just C-Mac. So if you had Austin Eckler, who was getting drafted in the in the middle rounds last year for those first four weeks, you most likely went four and up. But I think people are, are a little bit too optimistic with the the touch squeeze after Melvin Gordon's departure. The Chargers just drafted Josh Kelly in the fourth round, and they have Justin Jackson behind him, who's another guy we've seen flash. I think they take most of the touches that are vacated by Melvin Gordon, and Austin Eckler stays in that same kind of role at five nine, one hundred ninety nine pounds. Austin Eckler's not going to be a bell cow. He doesn't have that kind of size, and that's not his game. And in addition to that, Eckler, he's due for major touchdown regression. He scored eight receiving touchdowns last year, and now he's up there with guys like Amari Cooper and the upper echelon of receivers. In terms of running backs, he was first and by a mile. He had eight receiving touchdowns, and second on that list was Mark Ingram with five. So Eckler's going to see less touchdowns, and he's going to see less targets. Mobile quarterbacks... Don't target running backs. It's pretty much a fact. When you look at it, mobile the top five rushing quarterbacks last year targeted their running backs on 15% of passes. Last year, the LA Chargers targeted their running backs on 29% of passes, so almost double rushing quarterbacks. The Chargers just drafted Justin Herbert, a guy who runs a 4-6 and runs the ball, and Tyrod Taylor. These are both mobile quarterbacks who won't be targeting the running back. Now, am I saying that it's going to go from 29% target share to 15 no, it's it's probably going to meet somewhere in the middle, but he's going to see he's going to see less targets, he's going to see probably the same amount of carries, and he's going to score less touchdowns. So, a guy who's not in a bell cow role is a guy I have a hard time trusting as as a RB one like his ADP says. All right, man, if you made it this far, I greatly appreciate it. While you're here, man, subscribe, drop a like, leave a comment. I reply to all of them. Let me know how you feel about these rankings, man. I'm going to be dropping the draft guide really soon with these tiers, along with wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks. It's all coming really soon. Look out for that early July.
Um, follow me at Ron Stewart underscore men. And I'll see you in the next one.